the blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Welcome back to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no-holds-barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, Adam Spees. I'm John Spees. And today, we've got two of the absolute smartest guests we've ever had and likely ever will have on this show. Uh, In one corner, we have a man who inhales trivia podcasts the way I inhale Baconators at Wendy's. I'm talking about Gary Middleton. Gary, please say hi. Hi, how are you? Doing well. And in the other corner, we have a former Jeopardy champion who, let's be honest, his biggest accomplishment is actually probably being uh, having the pleasure of being my partner in an episode of Trivial Warfare way back when, and that is Robert <laughs> Dimitri. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Happy to have you. Uh, all right, let's just, uh, you know, Gary, you start. Just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, let's see. Well, I live in Illinois, about an hour north of Chicago. Um... As far as work, I am um, physical infrastructure and network, so I deal with creating uh, data centers, the fiber optic runs, the copper runs, all that sort of thing, but uh, kind of an interesting role. And uh, as far as other than that, big sports fan, love love all things sports, so I shouldn't tip off my uh, interests, <laughs> but, uh, but there you go. <laughs> so, All right, and Robert? Uh, yeah, Robert Dimitri. I live in Los Angeles, California. Um, I work for a little management and production company out here, which means I know and like film. <laughs> uh, but Gary, you know, I, I've heard you on a few sports or podcasts. So I already know you like sports. <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured. Um, Secrets out. <laughs> uh, I'm married. I have a dog and uh, doing a lot of social distancing these days. That's my life. All right. Uh, well, let's uh, let's go ahead and find out the rules. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of ten questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If someone answers their question wrong, their opponent has a chance to steal. And the categories are... Movies. Music. Television, video games, sports, news and politics, fashion, technology, slang, and food. Round two consists of the same ten categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you have before answering a three-tiered question which must have all parts correct in order to score the points. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, now that the rules are all understood, I'd like to, you know, learn just a little bit more about you guys. And I would like you to tell me who is your all-time favorite 80s crush? 80s crush, that's, that's a very good question. Um, it's a lot to pick from. <laughs> there were some good ones yeah well I, i'm just gonna go with my most formative crush which is technically 70s but because the trilogy bleeds over into the 80s i'm just gonna say carrie fisher my original crush 
fair enough. And the uh, the metal bikini was definitely in the eighties, so I understand that. Carrie yeah, Fisher in uh, Blues Brothers was yeah amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Well, I, I do love Caddyshack, and I think that snuck into nineteen eighty. You can't go wrong with Lacey Underall. She was uh... <laughs> it's a that's <laughs> a great name too, Lacey Underall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Um, but when in doubt, I go metal bikini all the way. So Robert, <laughs> you get to pick first. Round one. Okay. Um, you know, strategically, I think I'm just going to try to steal that sports category away from him. Nice. Smart. All right. And your decade is the 70s. Uh-oh. All right. In 1971, what team, alongside the 1920 Chicago White Sox, became the only other MLB club to have four 20-game winners in a season? Those pitchers being Jim Palmer, Dave McNally, Mike Kuehler, and Pat Dobson. Uh, okay. Not really an expert on early 70s baseball. Um, but I want to say Jim Palmer played for the Baltimore Orioles, so that's what I will say. And you will say correctly, it was the Baltimore Orioles. All right. Well done. All right, Gary, you got to pick your category. All right. Let me start with television. Okay. And your decade is the 90s. All right. Now, this is a podcast that we try not to swear, but in 1999, the word or we'll say shoot for people, you can figure out which one it is. The word was said uncensored for the first time in network television history. It was done so by actor Mark Harmon on what medical drama? Oh, um, 90s Mark Harmon. There's a show he's affiliated with, and it's not coming to me. But I don't know if he was on something lesser known. Gosh. You said medical drama, yes? I did. Um, unfortunately, I have to just say Grey's Anatomy. I'm sure that's way off. Grey's Anatomy <laughs> is incorrect. Robert, you get a chance to steal this one. Uh, so can I just ask, did you say like a specific year when the swear happened? Yep. Uh, in 1999. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm not 100% sure he was on this show, but I'm going to say uh, Chicago Hope. And your answer is Chicago Hope. Well yes. done, Robert. He gets the steal, and you get to pick your own category. Okay. Um, let's go with the movies. Going with the movies. And your decade is the 90s. All right. Up to today, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp have collaborated on eight movies together. Which 90s film was the first of those collaborations? Uh, mm, Not sure, but I think that's going to be Edward Scissorhands. It came out in 1990, and it was Edward Scissorhands. All right. Gary, it's your turn. See if you can catch up a little bit. All right. Well, I'm getting his answers right, but not my own. <laughs> Let's change that. Let's uh, go to music. All right. And your decade is the 90s. Okay. On September 2nd, 1995, all by himself, Michael Jackson became the first artist to debut a single at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart with what song? Oh. Debuted at number one. Mm-hmm. I think as of today, there's only even been 20-something songs that have done it. But he was the first. 
Boy, that feels late for the Michael Jackson stuff I remember, so it's got to be more uh, recent than anything else I'm thinking of. Um, sorry, uh, Smooth Criminal. I, I don't think that's the right era even, but uh, that's where I'm going. Smooth Criminal is not the right era. It is incorrect. Robert, you get a chance to steal. Yeah, I'm also not super well-versed on Michael Jackson at that point. My first thought was black or white, but I think that was a little earlier. Um, it's, I think maybe it's from that Invincible album. Maybe that was around then, but... Um, oh, shoot. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say Scream. Scream is incorrect. Ah. If I try to put a little bit more emphasis, emphasis on... All by himself. All by himself, Michael Jackson was the first person to do it. Any hint on that one? No? John? No, I heard idea? that. Yeah, I heard that hint the first time, but didn't uh, want to uh, repeat that's all, it. <laughs> that's uh, all right. This was uh, not his biggest Oh, hit. you are not alone. Yes, oh, you are not okay. alone. You are not alone. But Robert's in the lead. All right, and Robert, it is your pick. Okay, um, let's give, <laughs> yeah, so Gary, I don't really like any of the categories. <laughs> yeah, they, they run out quick, right? <laughs> where's, where's geography? Just to give you some, some ammo for the second half. Um, you know, I'm going to try, at the risk of embarrassing myself, I'm going to try news and politics. All right. And your decade is the 70s. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. What 110-story skyscraper opened to the public in 1973, overtaking the World Trade Center as the tallest building in the world? Um, so I, uh, I guess that's going to be the Willis Tower, formerly known as the Sears Tower. That is exactly true. <laughs> It is. Yeah, I, I can't believe I honestly I didn't realize that it changed its name until I did this uh, research for this. Oh, wow. I, I I mean, that's how much I pay attention to anything that's not movies or TV as well. But yeah, so, yep. The Sears Tower. OK, Gary, come on, man. Well, I'm clearly picking the wrong categories because I've <laughs> I've known his. Um, so which wrong category can we go with? Um, let's go with food. All right. And your decade is the 80s. Okay. Popular in the 80s, what alcoholic shot was named after a band that was named after a hairdo that was named after a plane consists of equal parts Kahlua coffee liqueur, Bailey's Irish cream, and orange triple sec. Mm. Can read that again if you need it. Well, I uh, love Shaq and love the B-52s, and I love this... Uh, Love this shot, because I'm a big Kahlua guy, so it's a B-52. It is a B-52 shot. Well done. On the uh, board with an alcohol question. Yeah. <laughs> the alcohol saves the day. <laughs> oh, in, in more ways than one. <laughs> okay. Uh, Robert, your pick. Okay. Uh, let's, give, uh, let's give the old video games a try. Okay. And your decade is the 90s. All right. Name this 32-bit tabletop portable console developed and manufactured by Nintendo. Released in 1995, it was marketed as the first console capable of displaying stereoscopic 3D graphics. Right. Um, 
I didn't have one of those, uh, but I believe it's called the Virtual Boy. You believe correctly it was called the Virtual Boy. Well done, sir. All right, Gary, we have left technology, slang, and fashion. Uh, let's give slang a, a crank here. And your decade is the 80s. Okay. In the late 80s, what term describes delicious food that you intend to chow down on with extreme enthusiasm? This slang was gifted to us by Polly Shore. Ooh, not, not sure of this, but I'm going to go with Nosh. Nosh is a great guess, but it is incorrect. Oh. Robert, you get a chance to steal. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to know this, but could you repeat it one more time? Of course. <laughs> In the late 80s, what term describes delicious food that you intend to chow down on with extreme enthusiasm? This slang was brought to us by Polly Shore. Polly Shore? Oh. Everybody's favorite! <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an no. answer. <laughs> uh, uh, when he was uh, getting hungry, he was always looking for some grindage. Grindage! Oh. Okay. So, all right. Okay, uh, Robert, you get to pick between fashion and tech. Okay, um, between those two, I'm going to go with technology. Okay, leaving <laughs> fashion for Gary. And your decade is the 70s. All right. Corning Glassworks developed practical optical fiber cables in 1977, resulting in the first metropolitan fiber optic, fiber optic cable being deployed in what Italian city? It's maybe better known as the host city of the 2006 Winter Olympics. Oh, um, I appreciate the clue. <laughs> that gives me a chance. <laughs> that, that's, that's what it's there for. Um, I think it's uh, Torino. Uh, well, I think that's the U.S. pronunciation. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Torino. <laughs> I mean, it's Turin. Yeah, Turin. Oh, Turin. Turin is yeah. same thing. Yep. It's the same thing. Yep. Yep. I remember okay. seeing it as. Torino when when the Olympics was out. So yes, you get that one. Well, wow. So that taught me something. <laughs> I never realized those were the same city. Oh yes, <laughs> cast a real shroud in this whole thing. <laughs> oh. Wow, that was. So that was I, awesome, I feel Gary. I feel really sure. guilty for getting that right. <laughs> uh, all right, Gary, you get fashion to end round one. Okay. And your decade is the 70s. All right. All right. This German sandal, founded in 1774, was first introduced in the U.S. in the 60s, but became one of the more popular footwear in the 1970s. Would that be the Birkenstock? That would be the Birkenstock. Well done. All right. That concludes round one for us. John, could you please do all that math and let us know who's in the lead? All right, uh, Gary's got a little catching up to do. Robert has 60, Gary has 20. Okay, well, we have seen some comebacks before, and I think we could do it, because I want to see some excitement. Uh, but, Robert, <laughs> if you just make it a runaway, that's cool, too. I like you as well. <laughs> All right, so let's get going in round two. Round two! And uh, this time, Gary, you get to start us off, and you get a pick for Robert. Oh, well, let's see. Let me uh, give him slang. <laughs> All right. And your decade is the 90s. All right. 
this phrase can mean either dancing or putting the move on them on a member of the opposite sex. And it was popularized by Will Smith in 1977 or sorry, 1997. <laughs> okay. Uh, mm. Well, the only Will Smith slang I know, and uh, that sounds about right, I guess, uh, would be getting jiggy with it. You sounded so <laughs> hip when you said that. <laughs> but yes, it is getting jiggy with it. <laughs> All right. And Robert, you get a pick for Gary. Okay. Um, let's see. Which one do I not want to do the most? Um, let's go ahead and uh, see if Gary can get two in a row on fashion. All right. I'll start a new business if I can. <laughs> Whole new industry. And your decade is the 80s. Okay. This 80s and 90s supermodel was her high school's valedictorian and studied chemical engineering at Northwestern University before she dropped out to pursue modeling. In 1982, she won Elite Model Management's Look of the Year. Who is she? Um, geez, I, uh, I can name a few possible options here. Um, Northwestern means maybe she was originally from Illinois. Cindy Crawford, I think, was Rockford, so I'll go Cindy Crawford. That is correct. Nice. Wow. How about that? What a pull. <laughs> Good job. Okay. Uh, all right, Gary, you get a pick for Robert. Ah, uh, yes. Um, let's try technology. Okay. And your decade is the 80s. All right. Name this Russian space station that operated in low Earth orbit, launching in 1986. It was the first modular space station, and at the time, it was the largest artificial satellite in orbit. Um, I think I can pronounce this one correctly, I hope. <laughs> I'm going to say Mir. Mir, M-I-R, is correct. The Mir space station. All right, well done. And you get a pick for Gary. Um, something else I don't like. Uh, I don't want to have to answer a food question. <laughs> and your decade is the 90s. Okay. Gary, in 1993, this fast casual restaurant opened just down the road from the University of Denver. I don't think it gave the students E. coli, though, until much later. Uh, one more time, if you could. Sure. In 1993, this fast, casual restaurant opened up just down the road from the University of Denver. I don't think it gave the students E. coli until much later, though. Ooh. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if I have a good guess here. 93, fast, cash. I'm not even quite sure what fits in that description. Denver, Denver Omelets, is it a pancake place? No. <laughs> um, early 90s. Yeah, I, uh, I have no good idea. I'll, I'll go with Red Robin as a random guess. Red Robin, no. <laughs> uh, that is incorrect. Robert, you get a chance to take this one. Well, the only thing I can think of, calling it fast casual feels a little generous, but I don't have a better answer. Um, we always used to refer to it as E. coli burger, and there had to be a reason for that. So I'm going to say uh, Jack in the Box. 
Jack in the Box would definitely give you E. coli, but that is incorrect. No, um, so this, uh, I, I tried, I felt like if I said if it was a Mexican fast casual, that would have been probably maybe a little bit too easy. Um, I was hoping the E. coli, because they've had multiple E. coli strains come out. Oh, it's oh. Chipotle. Chipotle, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Of course. Yep. Yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, Jack in the Box actually had a, a case like that back in the 70s, which might be why you called it E. coli in a box or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, it was, I, it was, it was older than that, you're right. That was definitely crossing my mind, and I kept saying, oh, no, that was too early for that, so, yep. yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, Gary, you get a pick for Robert now. Uh, that's right. Let's go. Let's go video games. Okay. And your decade is the 80s. All right. Name this 1982 arcade game where you play as Chef Peter Pepper and must deliver ingredients across a maze of platforms while avoiding pursuing characters. Yeah, I played a little bit of that one way back in the day. That's Burger Time. Yes, E. coli Burger Time. Uh, (laughs) Yes, Burger Time is correct. (laughs) Well done. All right. And you get a pick for Gary. Okay, uh, let's give Gary... Hmm. It's a little more strategic now. Um, We are down to movies, music, TV, news and politics, and sports, I believe. Okay, I'm I'm gonna give Gary the movies question. Okay. And your decade is the 80s. It's my only hope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I should have made an Obi-Wan Kenobi reference right there. That would have been perfect, because you just said... Okay, but it's not, because that was obviously 70s. Uh, Okay, in the 80s, in the 1988 Scorsese film, The Last Temptation of Christ, what rock legend played the role of Pontius Pilate? Oh, gosh, I don't know movies, and I didn't see this, but late 80s, let's give a crack at David Bowie. You cracked well. Wow, somewhere <laughs> deep in the brain, maybe. I don't know. Well, That's nice crazy. Job. Nice job. <laughs> All right. And uh, you get a pick now, Gary. Pick for Robert. Oh, let's see here. Let's give him news and politics. Mm-hmm. News and politics. And your decade is the 80s. All right. On March 3rd, 1981, United States President Ronald Reagan was shot and wounded by this man in Washington, D.C. as he was getting into his limousine. Ah, uh, that's the... Uh, yeah, that's uh, John Hinckley. John Hinckley or John Hinckley Jr. is Junior, correct. Yeah, yeah that's that's fine. It, <laughs> all good. Uh, okay. All right. Robert, you get a pick for Gary between music, TV, and sports. Okay, I'm going to give Gary the music. Okay. And your decade is the 70s. All right, for Gary. Well, we all freaked out when LaFreak spent six weeks at the top of the Billboard Hot 100 in the late 70s. It was performed by what band? Chic. Chic is correct. Niles Rodgers, great band, great song. Uh, all right, Gary, you get a pick between our two remaining categories for Robert. Which one do you not want him to have, or which one do you <laughs> want to have, however you want to play it? Uh, good question. Let's... I, I kind of like both equally, and uh, maybe I can get a steal off of sports, so I'll give him sports. Okay. Your decade is the 90s. All right. 
in the 90s, the Winter Games was shifted to happen. <laughs> the Winter Games was shifted to happen in between the Summer Games. Uh-huh. So in 1994, when the Winter Games took place in this city, uh, they became the only Winter Games to place to take place two years after the preceding ones. Uh-huh. That was wordy, and I'm sorry, but basically, what city was the 1994 Winter Olympics at? <laughs> Okay, yeah, you're, you're you're coming at me here. Two questions about Winter Olympic cities. <laughs> yeah, it just just happened oh, that way. Man. Oh gosh, I always get the '92 and the '94 locations mixed up. Ugh. And actually, as it so happens, I'm blanking on the name of one of them now. Anyway, so I think I only have one answer to give. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna say Albertville. Albertville is incorrect. Oh no. Ah, Gary, yep, I think you did. You got a chance to steal this one. (laughs) All right. Well, my strategy was there. Let's see if I can put the hammer down on this one. Um, Is it Lily Hammer? It is Lily Hammer. Well done. Well done. All right. And Gary, that leaves you with TV to end this round two. And his decade is the 80s. All right. Before wearing tuxedos and brandishing a gun as 007, Pierce Brosnan, well, wore tuxedos and brandished a gun as this character in the 80s. Yeah, he did. Oh, golly. Oh. Remington Steele, that was his name. It was his name, Remington yep. Steele. Good job. Good All job. right. Uh, we got a little bit of, uh, you know, some uh, filling in from Gary at the end there. What, what scores do we have here, John? Well, Robert didn't quite lock him out. Robert ended up with 100, and Gary has 70. Ooh. All right. Nice. Those, I think I think these are officially our highest scores that we've had so far yep. uh, at the end of uh, round two. That's fantastic. Wow. I think I knew every one of Robert's questions. That was yeah. a sad part. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it, was, it was painful listening to those come flying out. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, gentlemen. So let's get into our final round. Final round! And it is a wager round, so you can bet any or all of your points based on this category, and that is Star Wars. Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Wow. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, All right, I'm locked in. All right. Gary, you're good as well? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, here is your question. A New Hope was released in 1977, Empire Strikes Back in 1980, Return of the Jedi in 83, and The Phantom Menace in 1999. Of these four movies in the decades that we cover, they've had a cumulative three different directors amongst them. Who are the directors of these movies? And you don't have to say, just I just need three names. You don't have to tie in which one with each, but... If you want to. All right. While these gentlemen are thinking, I am just going to cut in here and just mention, make sure you check out every single episode of all the podcasts on the BFOP network, whether it's Cartwright, whether it's Talking Back, whether it's Blast From Our Past or Podcasting After Dark, check them out. They're fantastic shows. If you like nostalgic anything, you like the stuff on the BFOP network. So please give it a try. I'm ready to go. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready as well. Uh, all right, Gary, as you were behind, how about you tell us your three directors? 
All right. Let me preface this with, I don't know movies. I don't know directors. I like Star Wars, but I don't know a lot of details. Uh, pretty sure, well, I'm not even pretty sure of this, isn't that scary? But Spielberg, I thought, did it. Lucas was a big name. I assume he was a director. And the third is really a wild guess, and I'm going Christopher Columbus, who I think was more a Harry Potter thing. But uh, we'll see if he uh, snuck in there. All right. And Robert, how about your three answers? Well, you couldn't you couldn't have given me a topic more tailored to my interests, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I apologize, Gary. Uh, so George Lucas did direct both A New Hope and Phantom Menace in 77 and 99. Irvin Kirshner directed Empire Strikes Back in 1980. And the toughest one that uh, is hardest to remember, 1983's 83. Return of the Jedi directed by Richard Markhand, Mar Marquand, or however you say his name. Uh, and your three correct answers are exactly as Robert said it. Wow, I did not realize that you were such a fan. I didn't think anyone was going to know the Richard Markhand one, Marquand. Uh, but yeah, that was it. You, you nailed it on the head. Uh, so we may not, well, no, we may not. We don't have any drama here, but uh, Gary, what did you wager? I, knowing nothing, I went zero. Zero. Thinking, uh, thinking he had to bet at least forty to try and lock me out. Mm -hmm. If he missed it, I uh, had a chance. Uh, that's nice. And Robert, what did you wager? Uh, I bet. Uh, I don't know if you can see that. I bet forty-one. Sure. Uh, wow, that if was it, really, really good wagering on Gary's part. If it had been a category I was less secure in, I, I, pro I would not have bet to cover like that. All right, John, could you please give us the final scores and let us know who won? All right, with a final score of one hundred and forty-one to seventy. Robert is the winner. Woo! Very nice. Well, nice to see well then. Well done, sir. Good game. Good game. Yes, yep. absolutely. Very well done. Man, I was shocked. I, I didn't know. John, would you have known the director of Return of the Jedi? No. No. I, sh and he's I should have, he's, but no. He's directed all of, like, nothing else quality. Like, I don't, I don't know, recognize any of his other credits. Well, I'll give you a couple little bits of trivia on that. They did invite sure. David Lynch to direct Return of the Jedi, and he did not. He chose to do Dune instead. Oh. <laughs> and uh, David Fincher, I think, was like an assistant director on Return of the Jedi, which is interesting. Okay, huh. very cool. Uh, all right, gentlemen, thank you so much for being on this episode. Uh, do you have anything else that you'd love to say or shout out or just, you know, sing to the winds, whatever you, do, you would like? Yeah, sure. Uh, I usually, uh, when I'm on podcasts, I like to take this opportunity to plug O'Brien's Pub Quiz in Santa Monica. Uh, if you're in the LA area, we love for visiting trivia folks to come out and visit us. Unfortunately, uh, given what's going on right now, we're all online right now, uh, but hopefully it will return one day. So I would urge you to uh, do politically whatever you think will best alleviate the current situation. So, and yeah, let me uh, first comment on the O'Brien's quiz. I've done that now online. They've had it a few times since uh, the whole COVID's going on, and it's incredible. It, it's very challenging, very difficult, but so, so creative. But uh, let me just tie in, I guess, and say you've got all of these trivia hosts trying to do online stuff and make a little bit of money and get some of their uh, income back. So please patronize them and help them out because they, uh, they're kind of hurting here. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's an entire industry that has really unfortunately gone belly up during these times. So uh, help out anybody the way that you can. All right. And uh, for John, for Robert and for Gary, I'm Adam. And this was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. 
If you want to support the podcast, or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com backslash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on the podcast platform you're listening to. And we'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.